Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 213. Today, we're going to the book of Exodus once again, chapter 12. We're going to pick up on the Passover evening. The family is gathered together. God has given his word. Departure is about to happen. After centuries of being enslaved, freedom is in sight. Redemption is near. And so the lamb has been set aside. Now it has been slain. All of the elements are on the table. And God says, thus shall you eat it. This is verse 11. And you will eat it with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all of the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And that's the personal name, the covenant name of God Almighty. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So this day shall be to you a memorial, a remembrance day. And you shall keep it as a feast of the Lord throughout your generations. This is an order of the Lord. You shall keep it as a feast, as a divine appointment, as a moed by an everlasting ordinance. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall remove leaven from all your houses. Now this is what I'm going to talk with you about today. For whoever eats leavened bread from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. On the first day there shall be a holy convocation. And on the seventh day there shall be a holy convocation for you. No manner of work shall be done on it. But that which everyone must eat, that only may be prepared by you. So you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread of matzahs. For on this same day I will have brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore you shall observe this day throughout your generations as an everlasting ordinance. Unleavened bread. What's that all about? Well, remember, God said, I'm going to bring you out with a strong and mighty arm. With my hand, I am going to smite Pharaoh, the gods of Egypt, and the land of Egypt itself. And he said, when you hear the shofar, it's time to move. So I want you to eat standing up. I want you to eat because I am going to bring you out quickly. You've been praying all of these years But when I answer, I answer quickly. And so they were to not even allow time for leaven, for yeast, to cause the dough to rise. You see, when you mix yeast with dough, what happens is fermentation takes place. And I am told that 
air pockets, little bubbles of air begin to fill the dough and you need that and you get the air out and that's when you bake your bread and it's a process. It takes a while. God said, we don't have time for that process. And so what I want you to do is I want you to get your dough ready, but I don't want you to let any leaven come near you. As a matter of fact, For seven days, I want you to remember this unleavened bread, this process, and I want you to make sure there is no leaven anywhere around that could get into this bread, that you're going to eat leaven. I want you to have no leaven around you, and that's exactly what happened. And so the Jews down through the centuries began this process of getting leaven out of their homes. Now, that was originally done in one day. That is, you took all of the leaven out, put it in another place, because remember, this was to teach the next generation. This was to remind themselves that God didn't want anything to do with leaven for seven days because this was a reminder. It was a glorified object lesson. And so God said, I want you to not use leaven whatsoever. So in order to teach this to the next generation, the Jews started in that springtime in Aviv, in Nisan, they began to clean out uh, the day before all of the Passover preparations. They began to clean their house of leaven. And then that turned into a week for some more than a week when they would clean house in every way and make sure there weren't any crumbs, there weren't any oat flakes, there weren't any corn flakes anywhere on the place because they wanted no leaven anywhere. And so this became the routine in the springtime, and from that, no doubt, came spring cleaning. And that all had to do with getting your house spick and span clean so there was not a speck of dirt i.e. of leaven, that which was evil, that which was no good. And so this became part of the ritual and is to this day. Many of my Jewish friends this very week are cleaning house all over as we're cleaning every room, one room at a time, making sure that when the inspection is done, there's not going to be one speck of leaven that is found. And so there's a ritual that goes with that that we'll not go into at this time simply because it's too time consuming. But the Jews have rituals for everything, and the purpose of those rituals is not an end in themselves, but to teach a spiritual truth. And so you need to get the leaven out. Why? Because leaven was and became a type of sin in the Bible. Because like leaven, just a little sin will permeate completely. And so the Jews in every way wanted to be rid of leaven. Not that they could not cook with it, they could not bake with it in the future, but this was a special time, a special season that God had for them to be leaven-free because they were passing this on and remembering that God brought them out with a strong and mighty arm, and he did it very quickly in haste. And so a ritual grew up around that that I'll come back to. But the Apostle Paul picked up on this very idea of this leaven in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. In that passage, 
Paul said to the Corinthians, your glorying is not good because they were tolerating awful, heinous sin in the church. And in verse 6 of 1 Corinthians 5, he says, your glorying is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? See, that's the way sin is. You give it an inch, it'll take a mile. This is why I have said over and over again, it's important what we see, what we read, who we hang out with. I've told many parents concerning their children. I've seen it in my own children. I will see it in my grandchildren. You show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Simply because who you hang out with and what you see and what you listen to will have an effect on your life. And we need to cut the cord from anything that's going to drag us into sin. So the Bible says a little leaven will leaven the whole lump. You start dabbling with sin, the Bible says it like this, can a man take fire into his bosom and not be burned? Therefore purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump since you truly are unleavened. For indeed, this is Paul speaking to the Corinthians, for indeed, truly, Christ is our Passover, and he was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let's keep the feast, this special occasion, this day, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Now, it's interesting, the word sincerity there is a compound Greek word, one, the sun, the word for the sun, and then the word for judgment, to be judged in light of the sun. Now, that's not S-O-N, it's S-U-N. Because, you see, there was a process for judging whether glass was true, whether it was real, whether it was genuine or not. Because many times in the Greco-Roman world, they had mastered the art of taking wax, hardening it to fix a pitcher or a glass that had been broken. And what they would do is they would patch it so well and color it so well that that pitcher or that glass would look like it was never broken. And the only way that they found that they could test it is, since a wax, even when it's hardened, and glass have different consistency, if you wanted to test to see if it was real and genuine and true, then you would hold it up to the sunlight and immediately you would see whether it was genuine or not. And so this is the term here. Paul said, therefore, let us keep the feast not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice, that is wickedness, but with unleavened, the unleavened bread in our lives of sincerity, sincere, that is that which is able to be judged in light of the sun and seen pure and truth. You see, God wants our lives to be pure. So he said, get the leaven out. That's interesting that unleavened bread that is used in Passover, which many of you have seen, some of you have not, the matzos, the unleavened bread, the way that is prepared is it is flattened out, no yeast in it. It's a very thin dough. And then to make sure that there are no air bubbles in it, then holes are punched into the dough itself, usually in squares or in uh, 
a rounded version of a piece of dough, but many times it is pierced, it is holes are punched in it, it is striped. That allows all of the air pockets to get out of you. And those of you who have seen matzahs, and if you come on April the 2nd, you're going to see this on every table. That unleavened bread is pierced and striped. That is always a picture of the Messiah, of Jesus, the pure, the righteous one. As a matter of fact, the scripture says about that, that Jesus was despised and and was not esteemed. And Isaiah said, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. For he was pierced, wounded. The word is to bore a hole, to punch a hole, to pierce. For he was pierced for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and listen to this, and by his stripes we are healed. When you look at the unleavened bread that the Jews use at Passover, that matzahs, indeed it is a pure unleavened bread, and it is pierced to the core. It is striped on every piece. Surely he has borne our sorrows. Surely he has carried our griefs. He was wounded. He was pierced for our sins. He was bruised. He was crushed for our iniquities. And by his stripes, we are healed. For On the Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.